What are the money habits that make up a successful business owner? Stick around to find out. Welcome to Common Sense on the Prairie, a podcast by First National Wealth Management in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. We are a regional best provider of wealth management services, including investment management and financial planning, as well as personal trust, institutional trust, and retirement plan services. This podcast is our chance to share some of our passions and help you make your money work for you. Small business owners are some of our favorite clients. We love people who bet on themselves. And small businesses are the lifeblood of the U.S. economy. They create two-thirds of debt new jobs and drive U.S. innovation and competitiveness. They account for 44% of U.S. economic activity, and they create vibrant local communities. And it's easy to forget, but today's biggest businesses were once small businesses. Today, I'm thrilled to be able to pick the brain of Jody Schwann, who took that leap from employee to business owner and in the process created her own successful enterprise. But first, let's get that disclaimer out of the way. Any comments, insights, or strategies discussed on this podcast are intended to be general nature and therefore may not be suitable for you and your situation, whatever that may be. Before acting on anything we discuss, please consult with your attorney, CPA, and or your financial advisor. Jody, welcome to the pod. Thanks for having me, Adam. Yeah, thanks so much for doing this. This is gonna be fun. All right, let's start at the beginning. Tell us a little bit about your background. I'll give you the quick version. Right. Um, I'm originally from a town called Westlake, Ohio, suburb of Cleveland. Okay. Decided I wanted to go into journalism when I was in high school. So that led me to Northwestern University, oh. uh, where I got my bachelor's and my master's in journalism. And along the way, I had to spend a few months immersed in a local market. I wanted to go into broadcast at the time. And so that led me to Sioux Falls. And yeah. no one. I knew very little about Sioux Falls or South Dakota, <laughs> but I had a wonderful experience at Kello TV, and that led me back when I was looking for that first full-time job. So I came here in 2002 as a reporter for Kello. I left the industry four years later to become chief of staff for Mayor Dave Munson, so I worked in city government for his second term. Okay. Got out of that, uh, ended up getting back into the media industry uh, thanks to the Sioux Falls Business Journal, part of the Argus Leader, and was able to edit that publication from 2012 until I left in early 2017 to start my own business. My business is called Align Content Studio, okay. so it was formed around the concept of content marketing and then layered in a media platform, Sioux Falls yep. Business. And uh, it has just been a, a really fun, interesting, <laughs> kind of crazy ride ever since. Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit more about the business. The foundation of the business, as I said, is content marketing, which really is helping businesses tell their story, something that is an emerging form of marketing and advertising. Sure. Not necessarily something that has been done a whole lot in this area, although I, I think we're absolutely seeing more of it. But I was a big believer in that. And as someone who worked in business journalism, I think I was uniquely positioned to do it. But the more I, I delved into that idea, one, I did become more sold on it, but two, I also started to see the limitations of it. So mm. what that looks like, and I'll, I'll use the bank as an example, right? Sure. You guys do yeah. a nice job with content marketing. So you create pieces around, and, and actually a podcast is a form of content marketing, yeah, right? right? As yeah. we're on the topic. Look at um, us, yeah. So you create content. It can be a podcast. It can be a story. It can be a video. It, it can be an infographic. But it's designed to accomplish a certain objective for your business. It's effective if you do it correctly. But what do you do with it? You have to get it in front of people. So you know, with your content, you'll, you'll put it on your website and you'll push mm -hmm. it out through your social media. 
and you'll put it on maybe your email marketing and those are all great ways to reach people but they're limited by who's coming to that website or who are we paying the search engines to send to that website uh you know social media is its own game with algorithms and you're reaching your followers, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and email, of course, you're limited by whoever's on that list. So I thought, well, what if I could come in with a distribution platform, essentially, a media platform yeah. that brought in an audience that advertisers wanted to reach that then allowed them to place that content in front of that audience. And for me, my passion is still journalism. I, I love telling stories. So it allowed me to do that. It also made me realize, okay, I'm not just going to start one business. I'm really starting multiple businesses. <laughs> And here we go. Yeah, funny how that um, works. Yeah. So, you know, we're fortunate to work with the bank. First National has been a sponsor partner of ours for many years now. It's a great relationship and one of many in our business community where we're helping you reach our audience and we're yep. putting valuable information from you in front of our audience. So I really think it's a win-win. You know, it's key to be transparent. Mm-hmm. So all of our advertising relationships are put out there very easily. Everybody's logos on our site, you know, yep. the the disclaimers right off the top of their pieces. But if you do it correctly, it doesn't feel like advertising. It feels like you're lending something useful, relevant to the audience. Sure. And that makes it that much more effective. So yeah. that's the quick version of how the business model works. Yeah, well, it's awesome. We've certainly loved working with you. And it's such a unique way of getting your voice out there to the public. You mentioned that there are limitations to traditional marketing and advertising, and you've tapped something that I think is really unique, and we've enjoyed partnering with you. Thank you. There are. And, you know, increasingly, and, and particularly with our younger audience, they don't want to be advertised to, no. right? I right. mean, this is why we can't wait to get rid of the pop-up ad mm-hmm. on, on our website or on our phone. And yeah. it's why we fast forward through the commercials on TV. Right. Um, there's a, a real reluctance to consume advertising. So I think you absolutely have to deliver it in a different way. Yeah, no, I, I agree completely. So I think a lot of people probably think about working for themselves at some point. What made you decide to take the leap and start the business? I think in the back of my mind, I had always thought that something entrepreneurial could be part of my career path at some point, but it was probably a lot further down the road Sure, in my head, consulting probably, you know, when I was ready to to get out and leverage what I had learned and and who I knew. Um, So I didn't necessarily see myself starting a business like this where you would employ people Mm and uh, all that. But the more I I dug into the media industry, and I always tell people, um, you know, you need to know your industry. It's not enough to just know your business, but you need to be tapped into and educated about what is happening in your industry because Mm -hmm. ultimately that's going to affect your business. It's going to affect you as an employee. And in my case, it allowed me to see opportunity because the more I learned about the direction and the trajectory of the media industry, in particular, the newspaper industry, the more I realized, you know what, I'm probably not going to retire here. (laughs) This This is probably not where I see my future. And I reached a point where one of the benchmarks for growing organizations is their ability to to hire, to grow people, right? And and I was just told year after year, well, we, we weren't going to hire. We weren't going to add mm. anybody yeah. ever. Right. Okay? So that kind of told me something. And then it just reached a point where I realized that uh, I need to figure something else out. And, sure. and this is what that ended up looking like. Yeah, sure. How old were you when you started this business? I was 36. Can I ask that? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I was 36. <laughs> okay. Well, knowing what you know now, do you wish you would have done it sooner? I don't think so. Um, I really think that I needed all of that time to build up the skills, to build up the relationships, to best 
position myself for success. Could I have done it sooner? Probably. Mm -hmm. Would it have looked like this or worked like this? I'm not sure that it would have. There were a couple dominoes within even my organization and within the newspaper industry that I needed to see fall mm -hmm. to really impress upon me that, no, the, your future's not here. You, Can I you give need, you that You push. need to figure something yeah. else out. And it was shortly after those dominoes fell that I, I did make the move and launch the business. So being a business owner can be great, but it also has its challenges. And one of those challenges is how to save for your future. I know there's a balance between reinvesting in your business and investing for your retirement. Some business owners that we talk to think about their business as their retirement account. How do you view it? So meaning you eventually we're going to grow this business, we're going to sell it, and yes. whatever we make becomes the retirement right. fund, right? Yes. No, that's not my plan. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. I, I don't think so. If it comes to the point where I am able to sell the business, I see that as being additive to whatever mm -hmm. retirement plan I've already got in place. And, sure. And honestly, as an opportunity for philanthropy, because if I grow this to the point where it really has something of value to bring to me. I want to give some of that back to the community because that will have only been because the community supported it sure, to the extent yeah. that it did. So, so no, you know, my my own personal retirement planning is kind of over here yep. and, and running the business is over here. And I'm just managing kind of both of them, I guess, on parallel tracks at this point. Well, good for you. That's somewhat unique, I would say. When I talk to business owners, a lot of them just go whole hog into their business and keep reinvesting everything that they have back into their business. And they don't really think about the retirement as much as they should, and they can get in trouble that way. Well, honestly, when you have a career in journalism, particularly local <laughs> journalism, yep. um, the opportunities to save for retirement can be a little limited. Let me just sure. say that yeah. at certain times yeah. longer. So um, yep. I have had some catch up to do in my okay. own mind, right? Yep. So so one of my goals with business ownership was, okay, let's catch up to where I really feel like I probably should be Sure. Yep. Now, for someone my age. Yep. Um, and I do, I do think I'm at that point now, which is great. Yeah, that's good. So- Think about how you viewed retirement savings when you worked for somebody else. And now that you're a business owner, an entrepreneur, how is that different? I'm not sure it is that different. I always tried to do the best I could with retirement savings. Mm -hmm. I really didn't do much very early in my career. And yep. um, there are some reasons behind that, particularly with just the field that I was in. Mm -hmm. But I always knew that I had to. And, sure. you know, I'm one of those people who will pull up the retirement calculator, who yeah, will, will yeah. kind of look at this <laughs> because I, I don't like to be caught off guard. I don't like to be caught unprepared. So yep. it's just something that I've always worked toward. I kind of knew where I needed to be. Like I said, I knew I was probably a little behind at one mm -hmm. point. You know, I'm an employee of my business. Yeah, so, right. So I kind of view my personal approach as, as just sort of what it's always been, yeah, you know, and yep. just adjusted a little bit. But for the most part, it hasn't changed that greatly since I started the business. Okay. What would you say are some of the biggest financial challenges of being a business owner? Well, I had a couple. So to start, and it was almost a little embarrassing because here I was as a business editor and I was realizing there are so many just basic things I felt like I didn't really know about running a business. Sure. So some of them that come to mind where I was trying to sketch out a business plan before I launched and I didn't know what to estimate for business insurance. Right. I, knew I, I knew I needed it, but yeah. what does that cost? You know, yeah. payroll, right? I knew it wasn't as simple as plugging in salary and it was going to have additional payroll costs. I didn't know how to estimate those. What I did was go to Zeal Center for Entrepreneurship, okay. which your your bank supports strongly, yeah. and they were great, and they they helped walk me through that process. So that was one challenge. And now I think it's really more of what is my appetite for risk, what is my target margin, how much am I willing to risk to fund growth. Yeah. So it's real basic. I mean, it's not a big team, but if I make a new hire, how confident am I that I'm going to have the revenue to support that going forward? Sure. Right. Yeah. How much risk additive. am I willing to take on? Right? Yeah. Put on your mentor hat here for a second. 
what money advice would you give someone who's a new entrepreneur or someone who's thinking about starting a business? Well, first, I would just be real realistic. I mean, I some people and and more power to them, I guess, who just kind of throw it out there and yeah. see what happens. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Right. Um, I needed a little more certainty. So I had those advertising conversations first before I decided to do anything. Oh, okay. I got those commitments locked in. I realized that there was market support for my idea before I launched it. It wasn't just build it and they will come, mm-hmm. right? So, sure. so I kind of flipped that around. And then my other real key point was just establishing an operating reserve fund right mm-hmm. off the top. I mean, that was goal number one. Smart. Was that I wanted this company to be sustainable. I didn't want to have to worry during an economic downturn. Mm-hmm. And wow, did that come into play um, (laughs) this year with the the pandemic hitting. You know, that was my first financial goal for the business was establishing a pretty robust operating reserve. And I've continued to build that Mm -hmm. every year. And so when the pandemic hit, that was really tough on media organizations for advertising because a lot of a lot of people pulled back quickly. And we didn't know what that would look like for me and and for Sioux Falls Stop Business. And ultimately, it went just fine. Okay. Um, our, our advertising relationships are really rock solid, as I'm finding out. And people view it as a long-term relationship. We've even grown some advertising. But, you know, you don't know that when the market is tanking. No, and, you don't. Right. And businesses are, are sort of panicking and their worlds are upside down. And yet for us, when all of that happens, that's a really big news moment. Mm-hmm. We have to be at our best. Mm-hmm. So I can't be worrying about, can I make payroll? Right. I have to know that I have prepared for this so that we really can go all in cover the news the way we need to cover it, support our clients the way they need to be supported and know that the business is going to be okay. And that's exactly what happened this year. Well, it's a testament to you and what you've built. Uh, People sticking with you. And that's one of the beauties of working in a community like ours too. Um, It sure is. I mean, that, you know, that's my other advice to, to circle back on your question, right? Know your community, know who's going to support you and be there and what kind of market you're getting into. And the Sioux Falls business community is just tremendous. I'm sure I could have done this in other places, Mm -hmm. but I'm not sure where I could have done it that would have been more supportive uh, because this community really, really has been, both in reading our work and, and of course, on the advertising relationship side. Sure. That's awesome. What do you think about doing some rapid fire questions about personal finance? Okay, let's go for it. You ready? Sure. All right. What's one of your earliest money memories? 80s kids, you're going to love this. Uh, <laughs> first bank was a Care Bear bank. It had a rubber stopper in the bottom. Oh, yeah. And the first big purchase that I saved up for myself was a popple. Did you have one of those? No, I did oh, not. <laughs> okay, look them up. Uh, stuffed, 80s stuffed animal. Okay. I think it was about $12 big investment when you're about six or seven years yeah, old. Yeah, that's awesome. Who has had the greatest influence on your money habits? My parents and grandparents, for sure, um, who okay. really taught me that um, you need to be prepared. You don't know what life is going to bring. Yep. Great lessons and good mentors. And then Mayor Dave Munson, who gave me the opportunity to be chief of staff Mm -hmm. and allowed me to work with his department heads during the recession, which absolutely formed my approach to financial modeling, to budgeting, Mm, um, to management, because I've seen what can happen. And and that's why that reserve fund was the first thing I wanted to do. Yeah. Well, you know, you and I are a similar age and it's funny. I still have those scars from the last recession, and I probably always will. Those things are formative. Yes. Uh, and it's amazing what they do to your your business and your approach to your personal finances. Absolutely. And I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I went through that. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Not so much at the time, maybe. What money advice would you give to your younger self? I don't know if it would have been possible at all, but I do wish I had saved a little bit more in my early 20s yeah. because, you know, when <laughs> you look everybody. in the rearview mirror, yeah. I mean, even $100 a month, what yeah. that would look like today, I just right. go, Ugh. Yeah. So there's that. And then I would have been a little more gutsy because I called the bottom of the market in 09 uh, and I okay. 
Yeah, I remember having a conversation about we should put some money into this stock, this stock, this stock, because they're not going to go away. Their good companies are coming back. Yep. Oh, I could have done so well, yep. uh, but I yep. wasn't brave enough then. <laughs> Very few people are. Yeah. As a young professional, how have you thought about your financial goals? You know, I, I don't know that I, I mean, I don't know that I've thought in depth on them, to be totally honest with sure. you. I mean, I have a certain lifestyle that's not too crazy. Yep. Um, my goal is to support that lifestyle. And I kind of have a sense of what it would take to to do that all throughout life, right? Sure. So that, yep. that forms into um, retirement planning. But for me, it's never been about my salary. Mm-hmm. Um, and my salary has kind of been very choppy. It, it's not like a typical career path because I've worked in multiple industries yeah. and, and in different roles along the way and now in business ownership. So so I've never worried too much about it, I guess. Yep. You know, I've, yep. I've kind of had that base level where I'm, I was trying to meet and, and it was modest enough that I could do that no matter what I was doing. Sure. And, and it's worked for me. Yeah. Who keeps you accountable to it? Well, I suppose myself. Yeah. Yeah. Don't have anyone in your life that you run things past. Uh, I have a financial advisor. Sure. Um, but yep. I, but I wouldn't say my advisor keeps me accountable. To sure. It. Yeah. Self motivated. Right. Good. Where do you go to learn about investing? Well, I wouldn't say that I educate myself in depth about investing. You know, I was referred several years ago to an advisor I trust, mm-hmm. um, and then that relationship has worked out well. I think at times I've kind of played around with the idea of, oh, it'd be fun to get a little little fund of companies together because the reporter in me likes the idea of, you know, there's a lot of research involved there and, yep. and learning about companies. Well, I do that now. So yep. I think it'd be kind of fun to find some of those good buys and, mm-hmm. and do that. But I just haven't had, you got to put the time in, obviously, sure. um, for that to make sense. Otherwise, though, I'm just a geek when it comes to following media companies. So okay. I literally am the type who will read an earnings call transcript. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you admit that. All right. right? Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's important to know where your industry is going. Yeah. And Absolutely. So, uh, so that's those are the companies I dig in the most on. Otherwise, I do keep up with our locally publicly traded companies because okay. we we cover them. So, sure. so I dig in on that too. Okay. If you won the lottery enough to easily retire, would you keep doing what you're doing today? I would because I'm an idea person. So I have all these big ideas, and mm-hmm. and if I won the lottery, I could actually fund some of them and see. All right, sure. will this work or not? Yep. So I would at least try it. And okay. Maybe then decide. Yeah. So that's what you would do with some of the money. Some of the money, yes. Yep. And then, you know, from there, I mean, you talk about that that's a gift. I don't you know, you don't do anything to earn a winning lottery right, ticket, yes. right? That that is a gift and with mm-hmm. gifts come responsibilities. So yep. you know, I I would look at what's the best way I could leverage that to help other people. Sure. What's your best money moment? My best money moment was when I got to tell my grandparents that I had paid off my student loans oh, because that's my awesome. You know, I went to Northwestern University, okay? Yeah. It's it's not, you know, you got to got to work that into the budget. Yep. And it was a group effort between my parents, my grandparents and me, so to be able to tell them sure. we're we're done, the loans are paid off. I was 28, my goal was to do it by the time I was 30. So awesome. that was pretty cool. Yeah, what a great feeling. How about your worst money moment? I don't know that I have a worst one, but I do have a memorable one, which again gets back to why I didn't save early in my career like I could have. And I remember my father, when we found out my first entry-level salary in broadcast journalism, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. I can still see the little piece of paper that dad was writing out my monthly budget for me, line item, sure. you know? Yep. And he's just shaking his head like, how is this ever going to work? <laughs> <laughs> As only dad's will, right? right? Yeah. It worked. Yeah. Okay? I can't even tell you how it worked. Looking back on it, it did. There just wasn't much set aside for retirement. Sure. But it was memorable. Yep. Do you save up to spend on things or experiences? 
oh, I don't really save up to spend on anything in okay. particular, honestly. You sure. know, I yep. mean, I'll have a little discretion, obviously, in my budgeting. And if a certain pair of shoes strikes me and I've had a good month in business, yep. I, I might pull the trigger on that. Sure. Um, yep. But otherwise, it's a combination of things. And I love, I still have a, a lot of family in Ohio. So I spend more on plane tickets from Sioux Falls to Cleveland than probably anybody else around. <laughs> Not <laughs> um, a common trip, I So suspect, we'll, we'll yeah. say experiences on that end, yeah, I guess. Maybe yep. it's a little bit of both. Yep. Nice. That was perfect. Thank you. As we close out our conversation, I've just got one more question for you. What can we expect from you and your business in the next five to 10 years? Well, as I said, I have lots of ideas. Yeah. Um, so... I always established it as online content studio because I felt that there would be multiple products from it. So Sioux yep. Falls to have business is one of those products. Mm -hmm. I could see a new product launch coming. Okay. And if you look at a media model, I think having a model that depends only on revenue from businesses, so advertising, marketing, revenue, is maybe not quite as diversified as it needs to be. So okay. I, I'm looking at what does a, a reader revenue model look like. Sure. Um, I'm not going to call it a traditional subscription. I don't, I don't see us ever charging people to read content, okay. um, but something different. I kind of like to take a different approach to, to everything around this industry, yeah, so yeah. stay tuned. We look forward to it. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you being a guest. Thank you. Appreciate yeah. you having me. Yeah, absolutely. I hope this information was helpful to all of our listeners. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and tell your friends. We'll talk with you again soon.